Good morning. Welcome to Arts Mitten. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, for anyone just tuning in, today we're here with Penny Byrne. She's a ceramics artist, among many other sculptural forms. Penny, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me. It's <laughs> great to be back at RMIT. I did my training here, my first um, degree in ceramics, way back in the late 80s, so a uh, long time ago. And it's it's. I just walked past the ceramics studio just now, and it's still there, so yeah. <laughs> really good to see that. And actually, ceramics is having a bit of a resurgence now in the arts mm. there's it's kind of a really cool material people mm. are really enjoying using it and so I'm happy about that because well I've been doing ceramics for a very long time so it's it's nice to be you know working in a medium that uh, people really like yeah. at the moment so have yeah, other people good. understand your passion a little bit yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's a great material I actually don't with my work I don't make anything out of clay as such, it's kind of interesting the the way I've come to do the work that I do. I also trained after my ceramics course here at RMIT in ceramics conservation. Mm-hmm. So my artwork has come out of that and I use vintage porcelain figurines mm-hmm. that I buy from op shops and on eBay, that sort of thing. And then I reconfigure them and cut them up and add things to them and do really bizarre, crazy things with them. So I'm not actually using clay as such, but mm-hmm. I do know all about clay and mm. it's kind of I guess underpins everything that I do. So artcollector.com uh, online publication about art has dubbed you the porcelain vandal. Yes that's right <laughs> yeah well absolutely because basically I'll often get a hammer and a chisel mm. and, and be chopping up these bits of ceramic. It's it's kind of a sort of doctored Jekyll and Mr Hyde <laughs> relationship that I have with my with my uh, sort of two parts of me really because when I'm working as a ceramics conservator because I still do that work I, mm-hmm. I restore ceramics and I work you know in the museum sector and I, I install exhibitions and that sort of thing you've got to be so careful you know like you mm. and, and the whole kind of ethos with ceramics conservation and restoration is don't harm the object you know mm-hmm. you're there to restore it so I've spent my whole kind of professional career up until the last kind of 10 years being really careful with objects mm-hmm. and then with the art I just I just have a lot of fun yeah and, um, so I'm getting there I'm not actually using like really valuable figurines mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't smash up a you know 17th century mice and 18th century mice and piece but these bits of ceramic that I'm using are from the 1950s onwards mm-hmm. they're kind of like copies of the old ones so and so been mass produced yeah mass produced after the second world war in Japan and Taiwan mm-hmm. places like that Hong Kong I don't know, they end up in op shops because people loved them when they bought them in the 50s and mm-hmm. they had them on their mantelpiece and they were you know, really special to them. But somehow they've ended up being discarded and left in an op shop for $2. So I feel like I'm kind of rescuing them in a way, mm. and even though I'm smashing them at the same time, <laughs> but I'm giving them a second life. So yeah. I'm kind of bringing them back out of the op shops and back into you know another life for them, I guess. Mm. Mm. I really loved, uh, there was a picture of one on your website of a bunny uh, and it was like Nana's fork yeah. stubbed in his head. Yeah. So you collect these already pre-made models or to find things that have a history to create a particular meaning, kind of what kind of... Yeah, it's a good question. That, yeah, because I'm, I'm kind of, I'm interested in social justice and international issues and politics and, and yeah, what's going on. Yeah, a lot of your work is, is very yeah. political. And so with, with when, I'm fine, when I'm choosing which figurine to, to use, I can go either way. I can either find something in in an op shop and just think, oh, that's just great. I think I might use that for something one day mm-hmm. and I'm not really sure, you know, how or what I'm going to do with it. And it can just sit on the shelf in my studio till I find, you know, an idea and I think that piece is going to be perfect. Or it can go the other way. And in one of the pieces with my upcoming solo show, which is at Linden New Arts, it's called Iceberg Water. Mm-hmm. And it, I needed a polar bear 
but I wanted it to be really sad polar bear. So I actually got on eBay and I had to do a, a whole lot of research to, you know, just well looking at all the different polar bears on eBay and finding a really sad one. Sad so I was really options. specific because mm. there's this, I couldn't believe it, but you can buy bottles of water mm-hmm. that are made out of icebergs. Wow. So they go up, so they, it's, made, it's bottled in Canada and they go up, they take a great big ship with a giant metal scoop up mm-hmm. to a 12,000 year old iceberg mm. that's floating up in the, in the ocean. And they scoop a giant bit off and take it back to Canada and by the, that time it's melted and they bottle it and it's really expensive water. Mm. And it's, I just think that's bizarre. You know, yeah. why would you do that? And, and, I just couldn't believe it when I heard that. And I I had to track down this, this iceberg water. You can't buy it in Australia. You had to buy it in the UK. It was about, I don't know, $50 a bottle. It's quite ridiculous. But anyway, I, I basically I've put this really sad polar bear mm-hmm. sitting on the top of this iceberg, bottle of iceberg water. And so... Uh, yeah, in that case, I was really needing something specific. But then, yeah, other times it can be just some crazy figurine and I'll think of something just later on. Yeah. Mm. So you mentioned your upcoming show, Brutal, uh, which is on from the 10th of February to 8th of March at the Linden Art Gallery. That's right. Did you, didn't you did you do your first, one of your first pieces was shown there? That's kind of you where read that you started. How does it feel to come sort of full circle? Yeah, it's, it's actually the, fantastic. Yeah, it's really great. My very first um, work that I made back, you know, I think it was 2005, mm-hmm. was called It's Murder on the Dance Floor. And it was this ballerina figurine. And um, I just watched Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had this uh, ballerina murdering another ballerina. There's a long story around how I came to make uh, a figurine murdering another figurine. So yeah, I put that I put that first work in the Linden Postcard show back in 2005 and it, and it won a prize. It won one of the Linden Postcard prizes, which uh, I couldn't believe. And that's what started my art career. So mm-hmm. it's fantastic to be back um, at Linden. My, I had my first solo show at Linden too. So mm-hmm. the very next year after the postcard show in 2006 and, and I've had another show there as well in 2012. So Linden's been a really big part of my art career. They've given me some really great opportunities mm-hmm. to, to really push the boundaries of what I'm doing. And this current show has been fantastic. They've just given me carte blanche to do whatever I want. And the show's called Brutal, uh, basically because last year I felt was a really brutal year for so many people, people did, yeah. you know, and the more I talked about it, the more I thought about it, it was just on so many levels, mm. really, really brutal. So mm. I guess I haven't held back in this show. It, and I mean, my work's pretty out there anyway, mm. but this time, wow, you know, I've really, when I've been making some of the works, I've got quite really emotional in the studio. I've had to kind mm. of really, I don't know, it's some really dark stuff that I'm mm. covering. So it's just a really, a really brutal show. Mm. And as I've been talking to the curators about types of work that I'm making, the topics that I'm covering, they're mm. kind of going, oh, wow, that's sounding pretty full on. Mm. So we've basically self-rated the show MA15+. Plus. Wow. So it's really very clear that if you want to come in, if you're under 15, you can come in with a parent or a guardian Mm -hmm. if they deem that that's okay. And then there's one work that's particularly contentious, which is about pedophilia in the Catholic Church. Oh, wow. It's really full on. And so what we're doing with that work is I'm actually setting up a black shower curtain, but it looks like black material, Mm -hmm. in the corner, and it's kind of like a confessional. So if you want to go and look at the work, Mm -hmm. you have to go in behind the curtain. Yeah. And I'll actually be putting some warning signs up in front of that as well so that people are clear about it. And then you you can choose to look at it or not look at it, Mm -hmm. which is kind of, I guess, for me, 
where I'm coming from making a work about that topic, I haven't made anything about that topic until this piece mm-hmm. because I've kind of shied away from it. I haven't wanted mm-hmm. to go there, if you know what I mean. And so for me, it's about looking at it and acknowledging it. And I don't know, it's a difficult thing. that It's easy to turn away from a lot of this stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? And um, another work in the show, a couple of them actually, are about the war in Syria and that little boy Omran who, I don't know if you remember seeing the oh, photo on social yeah, media yeah. and he was sitting in the ambulance and then there was when that work was shown uh, when that when that photo was shown it was so moving and I think it jolted so many people because up until then I'd had photos of Aleppo and people being bombed coming up in my news feed mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. but it's so easy just to scroll past it isn't it and you, know, you do and get not... desensitized yeah. um, to that kind of thing you after do. a while yep. Yep. like oh it's just news exactly yeah. it's just news just flick by it and I guess for me part of this show is really stopping and acknowledging a lot of this stuff mm. and, have, and, mm. and really making myself look and looking at the difficult stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's why I guess I've called it brutal as well. Sounds brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, having said that, they're all still little figurines and they're all mm. still quite quirky and some of them are quite humorous, kind, mm. of, kind of grimacing and laughing yeah. and giggling and going, oh, no, that's so wrong, <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. it's. Uh, I find that using these figurines is actually a really good way to talk about some really difficult stuff mm. because people are kind of used to seeing figurines. They know they, they know that they're... You know what they, you know what they look like. They're not, they're not threatening. And so many people have grown up with them, and like yeah, their grandma's house. Or, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a sort of a familiarity and a comfort mm. in them. And so I think that kind of helps with covering these big topics. And having it on that, you know, small scale introduces that human element. I suppose that you know, in the news reports, people feel that's not that's missing. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, it also just that you you can be in the gallery space and, and actually stop and take some time to reflect. But I mean, I'm covering so many topics that yeah. you know, it's people are going to be pretty bombarded. They're going to have to jump from all the you know different different issues that I'm covering. I was noticing as well. So this is your first piece in a while that's come back to the smaller figurines. So you did larger scale works uh, a little while ago. Especially, I was looking at the is it Etonez Moy? Is that how you pronounce it? Oh yeah, Etonez Moy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, French for astonish me. Yeah. 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 I, I thought that was a really fascinating piece. For anyone who's interested, there is a video on Vimeo put up by uh, the artist so you can get a sense of the space in which it was exhibited. Because I really felt that you went quite immersive with that with that work. Absolutely. So there was the sculpture and then there was sort of a video installation and sound design. Is that something you'd done before? So that was a real shift for me. And I called the show Etonnet Moi because, it, you know, it astonished me, surprised me. Because up until then, I had always made small-scale ceramics work. And it was my first show in Melbourne. And it was the first time I didn't have any ceramics in the show. My Mm -hmm. gallery was really supportive of me. I said, I want to have one massive larger than life scale bronze sculpture and they they were a bit kind of oh I don't know but really but you know they were really supportive mm. uh, they just said yep yeah, you go for it and so I wanted to I basically the the artwork's called uh, Feld and it's a riot policeman that's been hit in the head with a brick mm-hmm. and he's fallen to the ground I saw this photo of the Belfast riots from 2013 and that's where I got the idea from but it also reminded me of this ancient Greek sculpture called the Dying Gaul mm. and it's a, it's one of my favorite 
group, Sculptures from Art School, mm. and so I've kind of merged the dying Gaul with this nineteen, uh, you know, with with this this photograph of the riot policeman, and it was this huge big work. And then I thought, well, wouldn't it be great to create a riot in the gallery? Mm. And so it, it was all pitched black, and I and I did a soundscape and and videos of riot, and and I filmed it, and and yeah, put put it on Vimeo, which has been really good. And it was a great thing, and a really a really great response to the work. Mm. And I've been enjoying going in that direction and making these larger scale works. And I've had these ideas for big scale works for a long time. So it's been great to get that opportunity. And mm. I've been making these bronzes with Urban Art Projects, who are a company based in Brisbane and Shanghai. And they've basically allowed me to do these really massive works. And then in 2015, I was in the Venice Biennale. It was in an exhibition called Gotka which mm. is Russian for Gothic, mm-hmm. and I made a massive, larger-than-life suit of armour out of glass and metal, and I actually went to Murano in Venice, and uh, we blew the glass, uh, we, working with glass maestros on Murano, mm-hmm. which was amazing. So that was a really big work as well. Mm-hmm. And then 2016, well, gosh, I don't know, it came and went. I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of have, you know, made some smaller-scale stuff, mm-hmm. but I didn't have a solo show. So this is my first chance to get back into the studio, and with when you're making these large-scale works, you kind of become a bit of a project manager you're mm. working with a lot of people to to make them happen and it's been great to be back in the studio and actually just me pottering about yeah. entertaining myself and <laughs> being able to have some fun making some small scale work so I've mm. got another massive sculpture underway with urban art projects so I'm going to be doing both but that's exciting uh, yeah it's going to be really really good a bit, bit under wraps at the moment okay. um, well, but it's uh, referencing the Elgin marbles which are in the British Museum and also on the Parthenon so mm. yeah it's going to be it's going to be uh, really exciting as well. Yeah, so it's great to be able to do both, really. Because you've been talking about uh, a lot of your work is very political. Is there a particular method about which issues you decide to make works on, or does that sort of just happen organically when you see a piece? I think it's it can a piece can give me an idea to make something. Uh, there is a piece in the show called Aleppo. And it's a large plaster uh, figurine of a boy with a little girl giving her a piggyback. And I saw that in an op shop. And the minute I saw that, I thought, oh, that just looks like those photos of people, you know, crawling Mm. out of, uh, you know, after a barrel bomb's dropped. The war in Syria and Aleppo's been annoying me and bubbling away for quite some time so that seeing that plaster figurine actually sparked me to make that work but other times issues just things that just really really bug me I Mm. think and it has to keep bugging me Mm. and if it and if it bugs me enough (laughs) <laughs> then I'll start to make a work about it. But then things, it was interesting, I was talking about people are saying, um, can't wait to see what you're going to do with Donald Trump. And, and there is a work about Donald Trump in this show. But Tony Abbott, when he was Prime Minister, mm-hmm. I didn't make one work about him. And he really annoyed me. <laughs> but I don't know, it was kind of like he annoyed me too much. It's a strange thing. So I don't, I don't know. It's 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 interesting, isn't it? Mm. So, uh, but yeah, Donald Trump. Oh, gee, you know. We'll, yeah. I, I think there'll be plenty of uh, plenty of opportunities to, to make work about him. Mm. Yeah. And you were saying earlier uh, that you know going into the show can be quite an overwhelming experience because it is it's titled brutal. It is brutal. When you are making these works, do you have to keep in mind that these sort of things, you know, do they impact your mental health? Do you have to be real careful? What kind of engaging 
dealing with these topics in terms of the toll it takes on yourself? That's a really good question. Yeah, and actually no one's ever asked me that before. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this time it, it has taken a bit of a toll. I, I've got really good support networks and I've got good friends around me. And um, But yeah, there have been times when I've kind of just, particularly when I made um, the work about Omran, the little boy, mm. because I got that photo up of him and I, I sat and looked at that when I was painting the figurine because I wanted the figurine to, to really be identifiably him. So I, it, I really had to look at that for a very long time. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, this is, <laughs> this is, you know, it's one thing for it to flash in front of you and just, mm. you know, scroll past it. But it's another to sit for, you know, half an hour or more and, mm. and really look at it. And the same with it, I'm, I'm doing a, there's another work about the ivory trade and, and the poaching of elephants. Mm-hmm. And just, just having a bit of a look at some of the imagery that's uh, available, that, you know, where they've hacked off elephants tusks and stuff it's just like oh you know it's pretty raw stuff and yeah it's it's quite challenging actually Mm. yeah and I guess that's what I mean about looking actively engaging in and looking at at these issues Mm. is is a very challenging thing and then that's what the art's going to be like for people who choose to look at it as well Mm -hmm. so it's a bit it's about how deep you want to go within you can just you know scan past it Mm. but if you do want to stop and think about the issues then it can be quite confronting. In in the show, I'm planning on having a video screen uh, with all my source material mm-hmm. um, just on a slow rotation mm-hmm. um, interspersed with the um, images of the artwork so that you can actually see where I got the ideas from. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be pretty confronting if yeah. people want to look at that too. But at least it'll explain where I've got my ideas from. So if people want to hear any more from you about the works, are you doing any talks at the gallery or anything like that at all that people can go see? Yeah, um, actually I'm giving an artist talk on the 26th of February. Mm-hmm. It's a Sunday at um, two o'clock down at Linden. It's 26 Ackland Street, St Kilda is the address. Great. It's kind of like the residential end of Ackland Street away from all the cake shops. But um, <laughs> yeah, but the cake shops are close by, so you know, that's all <laughs> right. at hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that'll be me in the gallery. So I'll be mm-hmm. walking around and actually talking about the works and it's going to be a great opportunity for people to, you know, ask some questions if they like and, and hear about all my ideas. So if people want any more information on Brutal or any of your other upcoming shows in 2017, they can get, can they check you out on the internet, uh, on your website, uh, or on the Linden Gallery website as well? Yeah, so um, my own website, uh, pennyburnartist.com, and um, I've got a Facebook page, Penny Burn Artist Facebook page. I'm on Instagram. My handle there is penb, P-E-N-N-B, or just search Penny Burn. I'm sure it comes up. And then there's going to be an online catalogue on the Linden New Arts homepage as well. And yeah, we've got it pretty covered. It's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in to talk with us. So Penny Burns' uh, show will be on at the Linden Gallery from the 10th of February to the 8th of March. It's called Brutal. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me.